Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hey, Joseph, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. You ready for our annual um, send in your list of your favorite albums of the year episode? I'm I'm ready for that. I'm not quite ready to, uh, uh, you know, putting together a, a top 10 list for me has been so hard. Yeah. <laughs> so <Yeah>. tough. <laughs> so I'm not ready for that. <laughs> we still have time, but mm -hmm. this is our... Um, I guess this is the uh, cramming for the finals week uh, here at the podcast, the equivalent, the podcast equivalent of cramming for, for a final. Uh, so this episode is a big old cheat sheet for, for everybody struggling with their lists. Um, we are going to, by the end of this episode, we will have mentioned every single album that we have identified as being a punk, post-punk, or new wave album released in 1979. That's 109 titles. Wow. Obviously, we're not going to have time to talk about all of them. So we've identified the 30 most likely candidates and these are, this is not necessarily a personal endorsement for either of us, but just, you know, going off of best of lists and all of that um, popularity, we've, we've kind of rounded up the, the usual suspects, so, so to speak. And so yeah. those 30, we will um, spend a minute and a half talking about each one. So, of course, we'll have plenty of time to to fully explore all the virtues of every album. Um, maybe. <laughs> and for any of those albums where we haven't featured at least three songs, we will drop in a song. So let's kick it off with the song. That's always the best way to start an episode. Um, one of uh, the real strong candidates for making the final top 10 list is the debut album of a favorite band of yours, right, Absolutely, Rob? yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought we'd kick it off with, uh, off of The Cure's Three Imaginary Boys, a song called uh, Fire in Cairo. Well, I can tell you, Joseph, I'm really excited about this this 1979 wrap up. I will also say that we've cut this. This episode is about 30, 30 albums. I've got my top 10 list whittled down to about 30 songs or 30 albums. So uh, <laughs> I'm 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 jazzed about this whole event. I got to tell you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, we, we've got so much ground to cover, uh, but before we jump into it, um, 
a little bit of business. So very, very important. This is a super important announcement. Um, so I, I need to bring to everybody's attention a goof of mine. Oh, no. It's more than a screw up. It was a serious fuck up of mine. I fucked up. Uh, Rob, you don't even know about this I have yet. no idea. No, uh, what happened? Okay, so anyone who sent us an email uh, starting the second half of November through December, we probably didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. So bad. So bad. Oh, my gosh. It was just... So, Rob, you know that um, I always have I, I have the deep dive emails automatically forwarded to my personal email yeah. address. And I was just getting flooded with all of this stuff from like Twitter and Instagram and da da da. So I went in and put in some filters and just like apparently I was having an off day because basically what I did was I had it delete just about every single email that came in. I, I set I meant to set the filters to contains the word, but I actually set it to doesn't contain the word oh. to automatically delete. Oh no. So uh yeah. So uh fortunately I was able to retrieve like the last 30 days worth of stuff. But anything before that, starting, I think, uh, November 20th, we lost. So if you happen to send us an email, uh, November or December, uh, and we never responded, you might want to go to your, your sent box and just send it to us again. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. no. So. Oh, wow. What a goof. Yeah. Fortunately, I discovered it before we started soliciting best of lists. So anyways, little, um, little oops, I goofed. Yeah, we, we weren't really ignoring you. We just didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and of course, the other point of business is... Um, this episode is all about your best of 1979 list. I want to remind everybody the deadline to submit it is February 16th. So you have a little over, well, like a week and a half left. Um, hopefully you've already started work on it. Uh, you can submit it by just sending us an email. And I'm pretty sure we'll actually get it. <laughs> you can go to our, um, our Facebook post. Make sure that you find the post that is dedicated to um, this. That's the post that has the list of all of the albums of 1979. Mm -hmm. You can put it in the comments. Um, we will, if you're a follower of our Facebook page, you should get an e event invite. So you can submit it that way. Um, if you don't want to make it public, you can just DM us through Facebook. So lots of options. Um, but the 16th, don't forget, that's when you need to get it in. You can submit a list no more than 
10 albums, but it can be less. If you wanted to just submit your favorite album of 1979, that would be fine. Uh, it still counts the same amount. So, but make sure that whatever you do is in order. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so rank anywhere em. between one and ten. Um, anything you want to cover before we jump in? No, I think we just dive in and do it. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna set my little timer here. We have got a minute and a half to talk about the debut album of one of your all-time favorite new wave bands. And that is The Cure's Three Imaginary Boys. Yeah, I mean, a huge contender. It, it, you know it has to be. The Cure is one of my all-time favorite bands. And uh, this album, to me, is, is, is The Cure as they are just rising up. I mean, it, it's exactly what it is. And that's what it sounds like. But it is still, a, it's a fantastic album. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, this... This is one of my favorite Cure albums. Um, a lot or some of uh, the other Cure albums kind of blend in mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. But this is this has a very distinct sound and distinct personality. Kind of stands out from the rest of their catalog. Um, and I don't mean that in necessarily a good way or a bad way. Right. It just does. Yeah. It, it is a singular album for the Cure. Uh, this was Rolling Stone's number uh, 438th greatest album of all time. Nice. Let's move on to the B-52s. So this is kind of a no-brainer. I can't <laughs> imagine it not making the final top 10 list. Uh, the big hits off of this or the most popular songs off of this, of course, is Rock Lobster and Planet Claire. We have heard a ton of songs off of this album because of our deep dive with the fantastic uh, Mock Lobster as guests. So we, heard, we have heard 52 Girls, Dance This Mess Around, Hot Lava, 6060842 and then of course Rock Lobster. Rolling Stone thinks that Rock Lobster is the 146th greatest song of all time. It also thinks that this album is the 152nd greatest album of all time. So Rob, yeah. um you probably like this this album, even though it's it's really like dull and depressing and a total downer, <laughs> and kills a party every every time you you put it on, right? Not at all, man. Come on, you know what you know the saying at my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that saying again? I forget. Well, am I gonna have to pay you a dollar if I say it? <laughs> it's not a party unless the B fifty twos are playing. Um, yeah. No, this is a it's a killer album. This is such a great album. Uh, the energy's awesome all the way through it, and uh, yeah, it's it is such a top ten contender. Yeah, yeah. This this album sort of uh, single handedly put the fun into new way. Yeah, absolutely. Almost single handedly. And that's all the time we have for the B fifty twos. So let's move on to. Um, the Falls debut album, 
This is an album called Live at the Witch Trials. We have heard the songs Rebellious Jukebox, Underground Medicine, and Bingo Master Breakout. I know one of our past guests who will have this on their list, and I'm guessing as their number one. Ah, you might be right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard Temple is a huge fan of The Fall. Uh, every chance he has, man, The Fall is playing on, on any playlist he's got. So um, I'm I'm guessing that he's going to rank it pretty high. This is not an album for everyone, but um, I don't th- I don't think this is an album that you can sort of like. I think you, it's either not for you or you kind of love it. I think both both you and I are in the the latter category, right? We, uh, we yeah. both have a lot of ad, admiration for this album. Um, I I gotta say, and the more I listen to it, the more I really enjoy it. Um, and I've been listening to it a lot lately, <laughs> so it's yeah. it's a pretty dynamic album. Let's move on to the Buzzcocks third and final album before their initial breakup. Uh, This is an album called A Different Kind of Tension. We have heard a number of songs off of this album because of our deep dive episode. Uh, We have heard I Believe, Money, the title track, A Different Kind of Tension, and Rob... I'm gonna let you say the last one because you're much better at the <laughs> at the French speaking than I am. I I believe the pron- uh, pronunciation is raison d'être. That sounds right to me. Okay. Um. So this this is my favorite Buzzcocks album. It is uh, pretty different than their first two. Yeah. Totally. Um, and it is, it's a buzz, it's an early Buzzcocks album. So I I think it definitely should be in the mix. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think there's, there's no doubt that it's going to end up on quite a few people's top 10 list or at least, uh, and maybe even their top five. So let's move on to the debut album by a gang of four. This is an album called entertainment. Um, we have heard two songs off of this album so far. I Found the Essence Rare and Guns Before Butter. Uh, this is Rolling Stone's uh, fifth greatest punk album of all time and their 273rd greatest album of all time, period. It's actually up from number 490 does um, that mean that it's getting better with time it's aging better well i i think the uh the gang over at rolling stone magazine is, is kind of um getting with it mm-hmm. so uh pitchfork thinks it's the eighth best album of the 1970s We get to hear uh, a third song off of this album. Uh, This is a song called Ether.
I mentioned that my top 10 list is whittled down to 30 albums, and I have managed to leave Gang of Four off of that list, so it has now been whittled down to 31 albums. Uh, if we're looking at uh-huh. Gang of Four's entertainment, yeah, thanks, thanks, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'm a, a little hotter on this album than than you are. I, I absolutely anticipate this being on my top ten list. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, it's it's a great album. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Moving on to the Cars sophomore release, Candio. Um, the big hits off of this was Let's Go and It's All I Can Do. We have heard a number of cuts from this album. We've heard Candio, You Can't Hold On Too Long, Dangerous Type, and Since I Held You. This is my favorite Cars album. Um, love the just off-kilter, quirky, very new wavy keyboard, um, which is different than their first album. Um, it's it's a little weirder. It's a little bit more interesting. It's kind of where they're uh, yeah. I mean they're stepping into their new wave uh, into the new wave genre, and they're doing it pretty well in this album. Let's move on to Gary Newman. Now he there's actually two releases in 1979. Um, the second Tubeway Army release, and then the first album released under his name, Gary Newman, The Pleasure Principle. Uh, we are going to focus on that album. The just sort of universal hit off of this was Cars, which is a, a an absolute new wave classic. We have heard the songs Films and Conversation. So we get to hear one more cut off of this album. This is a song called M.E. I find myself, Joseph, the more I listen to Gary Newman or the Two Boy Army, I find myself liking them a lot more. And I think that was pretty obvious uh, throughout the, basically throughout Mm -hmm. a podcast every time we talk about them. Um, And it's something that I have heard a little bit of here and there. I can't get enough of Gary Newman. I I really dig his stuff. So uh, this is good. It's looking good on my list as far as, as far as that goes. I am absolutely anticipating this popping up on your list. Uh, Tubeway Harmony's debut album was your number one pick for the previous year, yeah. 1978. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you you really are um, turning into quite the Gary Newman fanatic, aren't you? I am. I am, and I'm looking forward to more. Moving on, hardly worth mentioning, but The Clash <laughs> did happen to release an album in 1979, a little album called London Calling. 
the big hits off of this were the title track, Lost in the Supermarket, and Train in Vain. We have heard quite a few cuts off of this album. Um, Rudy Can't Fail, The Right Profile, The Guns of Brixton, Hateful, and Lover's Rock. Um, Rolling Stone thinks that London Calling the Song is the 15th greatest song of all time and that Train in Vain is the 292nd greatest song of all time, and the album overall is the 8th greatest album of all time. Rolling Stone thinks it's the second best album of the 1980s. Pitchfork Magazine sec thinks it's the second best album of the 1970s. <laughs> uh, Q Magazine thinks it's the 20th greatest album of all time, and its fourth best British album of all time. Wow. And NME thinks it's the sixth best album of the 70s. Well, I I almost want to agree with all of them, except it contradicts some of them. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic album. <laughs> you might have heard of it, London Calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we used up the entire 90 seconds just going through all of the accolades. <laughs> so obviously, London Calling is is a 800-pound gorilla and a real contender. Yeah. Moving on to a favorite of yours, The Germs, one and only studio release uh, called G.I., we have heard the songs Media Blitz and Dragon Lady. Uh, this is Rolling Stone Magazine's um, 28th greatest punk album of all time. Rob, you tell us tell us why the Germs, um, one and only album, should be in consideration. The Germs are basically the one of the earliest hardcore punk bands around. Um, the energy is rough and and high. The uh, uh, I don't know. It's just filled with excitement. It's 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 just a killer album, and uh, they're a great yeah. band. So not only not oh, they're just powerful. I've always kind of balked at the idea that it was one of the first hardcore. Uh, punk bands, but I I will say that it was the premier and really the godfather of um, uh, West Coast hardcore yeah, sound, which is very different than than any other kind of punk. Because we've only heard two songs off of this album, we're going to listen to a third. This is a song called Communist Eyes. And we have to move on to um, the album Lodger by David Bowie. This is the third in the Berlin trilogy. 
a couple of mild hits off of this, Boys Keep Swinging and DJ. We have heard the songs Red Money, Red Sails, and Yasanin, Turkish for Long Live. Um, this is... This is kind of... Well, I have seen um, this album in numerous places referred to as one of David Bowie's most underrated albums. Mm -hmm. And I I agree with it. I think that this is a, a minor um Bowie masterpiece. I, I the more I listen to it, the more I like it. It is by far my favorite of the Berlin trilogy, yeah. which kind of puts me at odds with most of the critics. That's that's an interesting way to put it, that it's a minor masterpiece. But but, but David Bowie has so many masterpieces. So it's, I mean, it's, it's on the list. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Japan's third album, Quiet Life. This is, this is a, a real turning point for Japan. They... Um, they kind of lose their glam funk trappings and really become one of the proto new romantic new wave bands. Probably the biggest hit off of this, at least it was a, um, a hit in the UK, was the title track. We have heard the songs in vogue in Halloween. So that means we get to hear one more song. This is called Alien. This this Japan album, Quiet Life, really did it for me. I got to tell you, man, this is quite a step into the new wave genre, and uh, it's on my long list of of albums to to feature. All right, you know, for 1979. Yeah, and really, of the albums we're discussing, this is, um, I think, one of the most influential. I mean, it is. It's kind of the granddaddy of a whole subgenre of of new wave that is going to um really become prominent in a couple of years so groundbreaking and ahead of its time yeah for sure let's talk about elvis costello's third album called armed forces a number of hits off of this oliver's army accidents will happen and what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? That that last song, of course, was not on the original UK release, but was on the US release. 
we have heard a number of songs off of this. Uh, one of my very favorite Elvis Costello songs called Goon Squad. We also heard Senior Service, Big Boys, Green Shirt, and Two Little Hitlers. This is Rolling Stone's 475th greatest album of all time. Q Magazine thinks it's the 45th greatest British album of all time. And MNE thinks it's the 89th greatest album of all time, as well as Sound Magazine's uh, 67th greatest album of all time. So a number of lists. Nothing to add for Elvis Costello. Well, I've got, got nothing no, to say. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've got nothing to say about Elvis. Uh, actually, I do. Actually, I do. I've come to uh, I've come to appreciate Elvis Costello music, and it would really blow me away if a lot of people a lot of people didn't pick this album to be on their top ten list. Do you think an Elvis Costello is ever going to make your top ten? Probably not. Huh? Um, you know what? It's I wouldn't say no. Mm. Maybe, yeah, I wouldn't say okay. no. Okay. Moving on to a can a much more likely candidate to make Rob's top 10 list is Joy Division, their <laughs> debut album called Unknown Pleasures. Uh, I think the probably the most famous song, I think it's too generous to call it a hit, but the most famous song off of this is She's Lost Control. Probably my least favorite song on the album. Uh, we have heard New Dawn Fades and Wilderness. Okay, here we go. Accolades. Um, <laughs> settle in, guys. We'll be here a while. NME thinks it's the fourth best album of the 1970s and the 40th greatest album of all time. Mojo Magazine thinks it's the 26th greatest punk album. Pitchfork Magazine calls it the ninth greatest album album of the 70s q magazine thinks it's the fourth greatest album of the 70s and it's the 19th greatest british album of all time rolling stone magazine calls it the 24th coolest record and the 20th best debut album and it thinks it's the 211th greatest album of all time overall. Spin Magazine calls it the 11th most essential punk album and one of the most influential albums of all time. We get to hear one more song off of this album, uh, a song called Disorder. I've been waiting for a guy to come and take me by the hand. These sensations make me feel the pleasures of a normal man These sensations bear the answers, leave them for another day I've got the spirit, lose the feeling, take the shuffle Yeah, I don't need to tell you that it's going to end up on my list. I'm, I'm just going to give that away. A spoiler. <laughs> yeah. 
I I know you love this album. Yeah. I took up all of the time allotted just going over the accolades, so we have to move on to the Jams release called Setting Suns. Um, it Setting Suns had their biggest hit to date in the UK with Eaton Rifles. We have heard the songs Private Hell, Little Boy Blue, and Eaton Rifles. The last year, the Jams album, uh, released in 1978, did surprisingly well mm-hmm. on the final list. Yeah. I think this is a much better album, so I anticipate that um, it's going to make an appearance as well. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I, I really do. Let's move on to the debut album by M or M. Robin Scott. This is an album called New York, London, Paris, Munich. Uh, A huge international hit. One of the very first new wave songs to hit the number one slot here in the United States with pop music. We have heard the songs Cowboys and Indians and the song Moonlight and Muzak. So that means we get to hear one more cut off of this album, a song called That's the Way the Money Goes. Down in the vault is the gold. Locked up and so tight. Pillow at night. Red lines don't hit the headlines. Life is a hole in the pocket. The best times can be the hard times. Suspend it while you've got it. That's the way the money goes. is a bit of a dark horse, I think. Um, I, I think it's important to mention just because it was um, one of the very, very first new wave. Well, pop music was one of the first new wave songs to really kind of hit the charts in many different countries. Top of the charts, um, I think... For a lot of people here in the United States, it was one of the very, very first new wave songs that uh, that people ever heard. You know, audiences that weren't necessarily listening to this type of music. This was probably the uh, pop music was probably their introduction to the whole synthesizer new wave sound. Um, I and I seems a little unlikely that it'll it'll make the final top 10 list but i do anticipate that it will make um some individual lists moving on to a punk rock icon this is this is your girl here patty smith group uh actually the final release by um this patty smith group called wave um had a fairly Big hit with the song Dancing Barefoot, which Rolling Stone thinks is the 323rd greatest song of all time. 
we have heard citizenship, revenge, and so you want to be. Rob, another bit of a dark horse. I think it's on mm-hmm. here just because it's Patti Smith, right? Yeah, I mean, she is the god godmother of punk. Is that what 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 she's been called? Um, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I've said it on occasion. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I think it's definitely worth looking at. And I'm a you know I'm a huge fan of Patti Smith. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, anytime I can plug her music, I'm I'm stoked to do so. But but I definitely think that she deserves at least a look. Um, and she may not make a lot of lists, but I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure that somebody will somebody will grab it. It's it's a weird album. I think um, some of the the highest peaks of her output with the Patti Smith group are on this album, and as well as some of the very lowest. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, uneven, but it it didn't seem right for us to not mention this as um, an album that should be in the mix for sure. Let's move on to Madness's debut album called One Step Beyond. Couple of sizable hits in the UK with the title track and the song My Girl. We have listened to the cuts Night Boat in Cairo and Razorblade Alley. Um, when I went looking for accolades... I found something. This is a this is a little bit obscure, but uh, British Television's Channel Four at one point uh, listed it as the ninetieth. That's nine zero uh, greatest album of all time. <laughs> well, that's uh, better than PBS listing, is it? As it's like they're you know <laughs> number seven hundred forty three greatest album of all. time. <laughs> We get to hear another cut off of this, so I thought, um, let's let's go for the big obvious hit, um, a song called My Girl. My girl's mad at me. I didn't want to see the film tonight. I found it hard to say. She thought I'd had enough of her. Why can't she see? This is an album again that the more I listen to them, the more I I like it. I, I mean, I'm finding it more and more interesting as I go through each song. So um, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're we're touching on this album right now and kind of bringing it to people's attention because you know I'm pretty sure that there's somebody out there that's not going to want to miss it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind. I think it gets a little lost in the the mm-hmm. long shadow that uh, the spe- specials debut. Um, Cass, but it and probably would fare a little bit better if it had been released in a, in a different year. But um, you know, we're all familiar with a number of these songs off, off of this album, so definitely, definitely should be in the mix. Moving on to 
um, the sophomore release by the police, Regatta de Blanc. We actually spent some time talking about this album in our last episode. A couple of uh, pretty sizable hits off of this. Uh, Message in the Bottle, Walking on the Moon, and we have heard um, Bombs Away and Regatta de Blanc as well as Bring on the Night and Contact. I rank this as my favorite police album. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, you can't deny it's a great album. That's for sure. Um, And I'm pretty sure it's going to be, I don't know, in my top 20. Uh, (laughs) Maybe even even closer to the the top 10. Yeah. Well, Rolling Stone magazine thinks it's the 372nd greatest album of all time. Um, you know, their debut album did not fare well in our end right. of the year list last year. So I don't, I don't know about this one, but it should be considered. Definitely, it's a, it's a yeah. pretty good album. I like it a lot. Yep. Moving on to an album that you and I got chastised for by a listener for not predicting that it would make the top 10. (laughs) The sophomore release by Public Image Limited called Metal Box, also known as Second Edition, um, uh, for PIL, uh, a pretty sizable hit in the UK with the song called Death Disco. We have heard the songs The Suit and Memories. Rolling Stone magazine thinks that this is the 76th best album of the 80s and the 461st greatest album of all time. Pitchfork Magazine thinks it's the 19th best album of the 80s as well. (laughs) All right. We get to hear one more song off of this. Um, One of the more famous songs called Careering. I don't think we should be chastised, but I am going to say that I think people should listen to it. 
I can't say it'll make the top 10. I just know that it's going to make somebody's list. Somebody's list. Moving on to the pop group, their debut album was called Y, as in the letter Y. Um, We have heard the songs We Are Time and She Is Beyond Good and Evil. Pitchfork Magazine thinks that this is the 35th best album of the 1970s. Uncut Magazine thinks it's the 82nd best debut. Pop Matters lists it as the 11th best post-punk album of all time. And the German magazine Specs calls it the 51st best album of the 20th century. So, Rob, I think I was a little hotter on this album than you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to sway people's uh, opinion. And I don't know. Maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. I doubt I sway too sway too many people's <laughs> opinions. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not just not crazy about it. it. You know, it's all right. Yeah, it is. It is deconstructing the the pop structure and pop music in uh, very interesting and aggressive ways. I like it the most in the parts where it gets the funkiest. So there's some really good funk in here Yeah. Um, for this kind of music. Moving on to an album that stands a much better chance of making Rob's top 10 list. Um... This is the sophomore release by Susie and the Banshees called Join Hands. We have heard the songs Premature Burial and Playground Twist, which means we get to hear one more song off of this album. Uh, Let's listen to the cut Placebo Effect. Again, this is one of these bands that there's no doubt it's going to end up on my list. And closer to the the better half of the top ten, to be honest. Uh, this is, to me, mm-hmm. where Susie and the Banshees is like their Susie's and the Banshees-ist, or you know, if there's such a thing. I mean, this is this is good Susie and the Banshees. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's on my list. I am going to be surprised if it's not on the overall top, you know, the overall top list of of uh, 1979. That's right. Well, their debut album made the top five right. of 1978. Right. I think this is a much better album. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. Absolutely. Or or I should rephrase that. I like this album a lot better. Um, 
and I know that at the time there were some critics that that criticized it and thought it was a step down from from the first album. But I think it's really tight and really focused. My only complaint is it it kind of falls apart a little bit towards the end. But let's move on to the Pretenders' debut album number of pretty big hits off of this stop your sobbing the song kid and of course the mighty mighty brass in pocket we have heard the songs the phone call and mystery achievement rolling stone thinks it this is the 20th uh, best album of the 80s and the 152nd greatest album of all time overall. Slant Magazine ranks it as the 64th best album of the 80s, and VH1 calls it the 52nd greatest album of all time. Rob, you are a pretty big Pretenders fan. I, I am, yeah. And and I, I, I imagine that probably surprises you. Um <laughs> Or would have if you didn't already know it. But yeah, no, I think this is a great album. And there's, I just love Chrissy Hines' voice. And I think that uh, that this album is a really big contender for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, <laughs> as I spent some time editing the episode where we talked about this album in length, uh-huh. let's just make it clear because we were really loose and sloppy about pronouncing her name it is chrissy hine right not christy hine right so we both bo- both of us were all over the place on that one so oh really we know that it's chrissy <laughs> hine yeah 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 <laughs> let's move on to the debut album from a band called the slits this is an album called cut um the biggest hit off of this unjustly is their cover of I Heard It Through the Grapevine, <laughs> which is a pretty good song, sure. but this is an album full of stellar post-punk. Um, we have heard the songs FM and Choplifting. Pretty long list of accolades for this album. Rolling Stone thinks it's the 33rd greatest punk album of all time and the 260th greatest album of all time overall. Fact Magazine ranks it as the 42nd best album of the 70s. NME calls it the 278th greatest album of all time. Paste Magazine thinks it's the 11th best post-punk album and Pop Matters calls it the 4th best post-punk album of all time I'm ecstatic to say we get to hear another song off of this album so let's listen to Typical Girls
I'm going to keep listening to this album uh, up until the last minute because uh, honestly, this is what I'm on the fence on. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely worth considering. Yeah. This is one of those albums that I'm just so bummed that I hadn't discovered when I was a teenager because I would have loved it. Uh, this is this is an absolutely classic album, post-punk album for sure. Speaking of classics of sorts, let's move on to Throbbing Gristle's album called 20 Jazz Funk Greats. Man, the jazz and the funk on this album are ah, chef's kiss. They're right, great. Rob? They're greats, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love, what's in a title after all? What's in a title? Yeah. That's right. We have heard the songs Persuasion and Hot on the Heels of Love. Fact Magazine thinks that this is the best album released in the 1970s. Wow. Pitch, yeah. yeah I'm still wrapping my brain around that one. Um, Pitchfork Magazine uh, calls it the 91st best album of the 70s. And lists it as the greatest industrial album of all time. Well, I will say that I'm warming up to Throbbing Gristle. This is a little more uh, accessible, easier to listen to than their last album. Um, you know, no reason it shouldn't be somebody's consideration for top 10, top five. Yeah. Almost all of the songs actually sound like songs. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to opening up the window and listening to the street sounds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's art and everything. <laughs> yeah. This is this is one of those albums you either kind of love or just have no use for. Um I I think it would be so cool if it made it onto the final top 10 list. Oh, um, I and, do too. Yeah. And I know for certain it's going to rank very high on individuals lists but um, we will see if it makes the the final top 10 another um bit of a dark horse but uh kind of a trailblazing album was um i lost track at this point this is the 17th album released by spark <laughs> 56th who knows <laughs> those guys uh called number one in heaven um, two pretty big hits in the UK with the title track and the song Beat the Clock. We have already heard the song Try Out for the Human Race, so we should listen to another track off of this album. If I remember correctly, I think there's only six cuts. This barely qualifies as an LP. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen to one of their big hits off of this album, a song called Beat the Clock.
Sparks is always going to make somebody's top list. That is for certain. And um, it's it's a pretty cool album. I mean, I, I really like that. It, it, it is the uh, uh, 23rd greatest Sparks album of all time. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's a really decent, it's a decent re- uh, record though. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I my favorite uh, fact about this album is that uh, at the time of release, a lot of critics said that it was behind the times and Boo. now critics <laughs> look back out at it and go, it was way ahead of its time. Yeah, everything comes back around. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Moving on to a favorite band of mine, Wire's third and final album before uh, their initial breakup. It's called 154. Believe it or not, their biggest hit um, during the 70s is off of this album uh, with this super duper catchy title of Map Reference 41 Degrees North, 93 Degrees West. That sounds like a typical wire song <laughs> title to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We have heard a number of songs off of this album uh, because of our deep dive. So the song, I Should Have Known Better, Single K.O., A Touching Display, and Indirect Inquiries were all featured in past episodes. Uh, Pitchfork Magazine thinks this is the 85th best album of the 1970s. What a what a uh, an amazing trilogy of albums. Yeah. For Wire yeah. during the during the 70s, kind of kind of untouched. I I can't think of another first wave punk band that has a trilogy of albums that are quite as strong and singular as what wire pulled off. It would be really cool to see this album in, in the, in the tops, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I, you and I are both fans of wire. I think, I think they're a great band. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, I can tell you it's making my list. The Specials release their debut album, a legendary album, uh, simply titled The Specials. Uh, the biggest hit off of this was a song called A Message to You, Rudy. We have heard the songs Too Much Too Young and Concrete Jungle. Q Magazine thinks it's the 38th greatest British album of all time. Pitchfork calls it the 42nd best album of the 70s. Rolling Stone magazine thinks it's the 68th best album of the 80s. That's because it wasn't released in the U.S. until 1980. And MNE calls it the 260th greatest album of all time. And Joseph thinks it has some of the best sacks. Yeah you're ever going to hear that is for sure that is for sure um yeah man amazing (laughs) hey we get to hear another song off this album the very first special song i ever heard was a song called gangsters (laughs) 
Well, I like the specials a lot. I really love them. And I have you to thank for turning me on to them. Uh, I don't think I heard a whole lot of them uh, back in the day, but later on, uh, you and I you and I hung together and uh, played some specials. And yeah, I, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, when it comes to post-punk ska, really doesn't get any better. That's of course, sure. my own personal opinion, but um, I, I feel like I'm I'm standing on pretty solid ground when I say that. Ecstasy releases their third album in 1979, a song called Drums and Wires. It features their most famous song, a song called Making Plans for Nigel. We have heard a number of songs off of this album. We've heard Real to Real, Complicated Game, Helicopter, and When You're Near Me, I Have Difficulty. Pitchfork calls this the 38th best album of the 1970s, and Pace Magazine thinks it's the 31st best album of the 70s. I am overall a much bigger fan of ecstasy than you are True. and that's not to diminish your love of ecstasy but i'm a fanatic yeah absolutely and and you are not as much um this is uh, widely considered one of ecstasy's very best albums Moving on to a favorite of both of us, mm -hmm. The Talking Heads' third album, Fear of Music, one of my very favorite Talking Heads albums. This album features a song that wasn't really a hit at the time, but um, uh, more recently has become, um, uh, it's gotten a lot more attention. Song called Life During Wartime. We have heard the cuts paper and Electric Guitar, Pitchfork Magazine thinks it's the 31st best album of the 70s. NME calls it the 68th greatest album of all time. And Channel 4, we're going back to Channel 4. Uh, they, they call it the 76th greatest album of all time. And Joseph of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts calls it My Kind of Goth. That's right. So I love <laughs> this album. Good. This is this is goth music for people who don't particularly care for goth music. <laughs> this is dark and weird and interesting and fun. And I'll tell you that people that do like goth music still like this album. <laughs> yeah. I am thrilled to say we get to listen to another cut. So let's listen to, speaking of weird and funny, let's listen to the song Animals.
Rob. Yeah. 29 albums down, one more to go. Uh, as far as featured albums, like serious contenders for the top 10, this is the Undertones debut album, simply titled Undertones. Um, Teenage Kicks was the uh, big cut off of this album, not included on the original uh, UK release, but just a couple of months later, released in 1979 in the United States. It was included, so we're counting it here. We have heard the aforementioned Teenage Kicks as well as the song Family Entertainment. NME thinks this is the 50th best album of the 1970s. Q Magazine calls it the 90th best British album of all time. And Kerrang! says it's the 19th greatest punk album. We get to listen to a third cut off of this. So let's listen to the song Male Model. When I was young, I never wanted toys. Things like that were for little boys. My mama brought me clothes, my favorite son. You know, we just rolled through 30 albums that we think are worth consideration or worth, you know, worth the time people to take a look at or listen to uh, that they might consider to be on their uh, on their best of uh, best of list for 1979. All of these and so many more are really worth considering. Um, it's it's a tough list to make, I got to say. Yeah, well. We so Rob, thirty down, eighty to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will say this: we we tried to be as objective as possible when we when we were picking the thirty to feature. Yeah. Uh, really taking our cues from best of lists that that we uh, stumbled across. Uh, I can tell you for a fact, for me, and I, I suspect it's true for you, that uh, several of the titles that did not make the list are going to make my personal top 10 list. Yeah. I think that's probably true for you, right, Ab abso No, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I already had a list made out that I was, I'm really solid on. Um, mm -hmm. And then going through these 30, I, I was reminded of a few others I needed to add to it. But yeah. the, the core list, uh, a good number of them are not on this list here. So. I guess we kind of have to blaze through the remaining 80 this just sounds insane. So we are just going to rapid fire list all of the punk and new wave albums released in 1979 that we have covered over this last season. Um, I guess I'll start first. Okay. Just we're going to go through this alphabetically. Uh, a lot of really, really good albums here. Adam and the Ants, 
with an album called Dirk Wears White Socks, The Adverts with an album called Cast of Thousands, Alternative TV's release Vibing Up the Senile Man Part 1, Angelic Upstarts with an album called Teenage Warning, Bill Nelson's Red Noise with their one and only release Sound on Sound, Blondie's release Eat to the Beat, the Boomtown Rats album called The Fine Art of Surfacing, The Boys with To Hell with the Boys, The Boys Next Door with their one and only release Door Door, and Cabaret Voltaire with Mix Up. Also, we've got Chelsea's album Chelsea, Cowboys International with the original Sin, Crass's album Stations of the Crass, Cuddly Toys with Guillotine Theater, The Dams, Machine Gun Etiquette, Devo's Duty Now for the Future, The Dickies with Dawn of the Dickies, The Doll with their album Listen to the Silence, Eddie and the Hot Rods album Thriller, Essential Logic with Beat Rhythm News. The Fabulous Poodles album Think Pink, The Falls, Sophomore album Dragnet, Fashion's album Product Perfect, Fingerprints, The Very Dab, Fisher Z's debut with Word Salad, Flying Lizard's debut, simply titled Flying Lizard's, The Fly's second and final release called Own, Generation X with Valley of the Dolls, Gina X Performance with Nice Mover, and Graham Parker and the Rumors with Squeezing Out Sparks. Hugh Cornwell and Robert Williams with Nosferatu, The Human League's Reproduction, Ian Dury and the Blockheads' Do It Yourself, Iggy Pop's New Values, Jimmy and the Boys' Not Like Everybody Else, Joe Jackson's album I'm the Man, Joe Jackson's album Look Sharp, John Cooper Clark's album Walking Back to Happiness, The Knack with Get the Knack, Lene Lovich with Flex. Magazine's sophomore release, Secondhand Daylight. Marianne Faithful with Broken English. The Mekons with The Quality of Mercy is Not Strong. The Members with At the Chelsea Nightclub. Mental as Anything's Debut, eponymously titled, also known as Get Wet. Me Sex's Graffiti Crimes. Midnight Oil with Head Injuries, The Motel's debut album titled The Motel's, Nick Lowe with Labor of Lust, and the only one sophomore release, Even Serpent Shine. Also, Patrick Fitzgerald's album Grubby Stories, Penetration's Coming Up for Air, Periubu's album New Picnic Time, Punishment of Luxury with Laughing Academy, The Raincoats album, The Raincoats. Red's album, The Reds. Reels album, The Reels. Roxy Music's album, Manifesto. The Ruts with The Crack. Sham 69's The Adventures of the Hersham Boys. Simple Minds released two albums in 1979, Life in a Day and Reel to Reel Cacophony. 
The Sinceros debut album, The Sound of Sunbathing. The Skids released two albums, Days in Europa and Scared to Dance. The Soft Boys with an album called A Can of Bees. Split ends with the album Frenzy. Squeeze with their sophomore release, Cool for Cats. Stiff Little Fingers with Inflammable Material. And The Strangler's fourth album, The Raven. Also, the Surf Punks album titled Surf Punks. Swell Maps album, A Trip to Marineville. This Heat's This Heat. Tom Robinson's band, TRB2. The Tourist album, two of the Tourist albums, Reality Effect and The Tourist. Two Boy Army's Replicas. The Undertones album, Undertones. And Wayne County and Electric Chairs, Things Your Mother Never Told You. Somehow we got the undertones in there twice, but no harm done. Um, So, once again, the 16th is the deadline to submit your list. It can be just one album. It can be 10 albums or anything in between. Make sure, please make sure that they're ordered uh, in order of preference. So that's very clear when I... When I give every every vote a value. And if you feel so inclined, we would love for you to include your favorite song of 1979. The there are no restrictions on this. It could be doesn't have to be off an LP. It can be a single, a B-side, a re-release. Doesn't even have to be punk or new wave. We probably won't feature it if it's not punk or new wave, but um, and if we get a ton of submissions and we have to whittle it down, we will be looking for songs that aren't super obvious. Um, so if your favorite song of the year is pop music, we would probably pick other songs before that. But, you know, Whatever you want to do, we would love to know your favorite new wave or punk song of 1979. Since we do have a couple of minutes, I just want to uh, circle back to um, a recent episode that we did. Um, Remember when we talked about the uh, debut album from Mental Is Anything? Yeah. Okay. So... You and I, we have different sensibilities, and quite often, if one of a one of us is uh, not particularly hot on an album, the other one is. So we we kind of balance each other out. Right. Occasionally, that doesn't happen, um, and uh, most sort of infamously, and to my uh, everlasting chagrin. The most notable um, uh, example of that was when uh, you and I did our mini dive on the Dead Boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was that was a lesson learned for sure. Um, but to a much lesser degree, we kind of ended up doing the same thing with the debut album by Mental Is Anything. So um, I am pleased to say that we got 
um, an email, one that I managed to not delete um, <laughs> from one of our listeners in Australia. Um, and I would like to just really quickly um, uh, read a little bit from that because we always love to to hear uh, different points of view. Because, Rob, you may not know this, but um, music is art and there's nothing more subjective than art. Did, did I ever mention that to you? I, I might have heard that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a joy to get um, this email uh, because it is providing to us a, uh, a different point of view and um, but done in just the the loveliest um, way possible. So not referring to us as being idiots at any point in the email, <laughs> which we always appreciate. Yeah, thank you for not calling us idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We do appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So uh, Ryan from Australia uh, says that Mental as Anything um, was a lighthearted party band uh, that quickly recorded their debut. Uh, he says that he likes the Get Wet album because it's full of hooks and catchy tunes and has always been an album that he can throw on quickly, get a couple of old familiar hooky tunes in and move on. Yeah, it's nice to hear that there that there's somebody out there who appreciates mental as anything. And I, I'll say this, that you, you, Ryan's absolutely right, that it does seem like one of those albums you could just throw on and do a bunch of other stuff and, you know, kind of bop around to. So that's that's actually a really great way to look at it. And, and thanks for your input, mm -hmm. Ryan. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. He also calls it an album for a generation of young, happy-go-lucky Australians uh, that enjoy a barbecue, a beer, a few laughs, and a party. Definitely not a band to make one think too hard. That That is exactly what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Ryan. Okay. List, 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 list. The floodgates have opened um, by the time this airs. Hopefully we are up to our eyeballs in submissions from our listeners. Rob, we are so close to the finish line on this season. Just a couple more episodes to go. Um, it's going to be a, a busy month for us. Oh boy. I, think, yeah. I think we're going to pretty much be releasing an episode every week. Yep. Uh, but the good news is that next month we get to collapse. Yeah. Long, long awaited breath of fresh air mm. and rest, relaxation. <laughs> yeah. So for people who are paying close attention um, of the 30 top contenders that we featured, there, there were actually a, a few of those where we've only featured two songs and we didn't do a third uh, because we just didn't have the time or didn't think that we had the time. So I think we should pick one of those albums and go out on a cut from, from that. So Rob, um, what do you want to 
what what album did we not hear a cut off of that you think we should go out on? I, I, I I'm interested in, in dropping a tune from the Pretenders album, uh, The Pretenders. Quite a contender of an album. Absolutely, uh, it's a whole different sound from you know. I mean, it's a great sound, but it's definitely unique for this. I think for this uh, for this year. So why don't we drop mm-hmm. uh, as we go out? Listen to the Private Life. Okay, everybody, we will talk to you very, very, very soon. See ya. Private life, drama, baby, leave me out. Private life, drama, baby, leave me out. Private life, drama, baby, leave me out. Private life, drama, baby, leave me. Jelly gland with your theatrics, your acting's a drag. It's okay on TV, cause you can turn it off. But don't try me. Yes, your marriage is a tragedy, but it's not my concern. Very superficial, I hate anything official.